You're listening to Signal to Noise on the ProSound Web Podcast Network, proudly sponsored by Allen and Heath, introducing their new CQ series, a trio of compact digital mixers for musicians, bands, audio engineers, home producers, small venues, and installers that puts ease of use and speed of setup at the heart of the user experience. RCF has just unveiled the new TT Plus audio brand, including the high-performance GTX series line arrays and the GTS 29 subwoofer. Be sure to check it out at rcf-usa.com. Rational Acoustics, makers of SMART, the industry-leading acoustical test and measurement software. Rational Acoustics, rational people, smart products. I wish I could break free Back to where I'm supposed to be Hey, you're listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the Pro Sound Web Podcast Network, brought to you by our sponsors RCF, Rational Acoustics, and Allen and Heath. I'm your host, Andy Levis. Sean Walker. And with us today is our guest, David Scortesha. And did I pronounce it right, David? That is pretty, pretty accurate, yeah. So, so uh, you you may be able to tell uh, by the name, if not the accent. David is shockingly Italian, not Scottish. Although uh, you're you've been living in Scotland for what about was it ten years, twelve years? Yeah, about about twelve years. Yeah, but I'm yeah. born in Italy. Yeah, yeah, and I I would never have been, until you told me that this week. Like we've met and we've like hung out for part of an afternoon, and I would have had no idea that you were actually Italian. So uh, you've you've. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm practicing uh, my uh, lingo very well. Yeah. <laughs> <The> Scottish lingo. <laughs> but um, so uh, folks may not know David's name, but you certainly know his invention and what, what will now be his uh, deep legacy on the live sound industry because David is the guy who brought us the sound bullet uh, tester, which I know many of you use on gigs. And if not, by the end of this episode, many of you may be using on gigs. But uh, he's also got a, a deep experience as a monitor mixer, front of house mixer, SE. So we'll kind of talk a little bit about that, uh, what, like, how that led to creating the Sound Bullet and uh, all that, and what it's like running that manufacturing business. And uh, then I believe David even has a tease of a new toy that they've got coming out uh, soon that we'll talk talk about before we end up. But uh, why don't we dive in, David, and, and give us a little bit of you know uh, where you come from and uh, what kind of stuff you do and, and like doing. Sure, yeah. I mean, I suppose I should start from my very kind of early age where I always wanted to be this like um, inventor. Um, you know, I always used to come up with the little things that I would, you know, patch up with, the, you know, tape and just. I don't know. I just I just always love to like invent things, um, and then I started my kind of sound engineer journey maybe when I was like seventeen. That's it. I think seventeen, eighteen, uh, and then I continued, uh, and this was all back in Italy. Then I moved to Scotland when I, when I was about twenty, and then you know kind of gradually start to get you know bigger and bigger gigs and uh, kind of more complex. Um, environments and uh, I was getting to the point where um, yeah I mean I just kind of needed something that would allow me to uh, enhance my confidence that the complex system I had set up was properly set up Um, and this is where the kind of like necessity of this ambulance came in I mean I always had this idea but then I've done one particular gig that went really really bad and then I was like come on Dave this is the moment where you're gonna like actually get head down and uh, make a little, you know, a, a little thing that you can throw in your pocket and um, help yourself with it. Uh, and that just kind of started as a little like experiment. You know, I didn't really mean to make it into a product. Uh, I just made my own, I wouldn't even call it a prototype. It was like a specimen, basically just, it just was what it was. And then my, just all of my kind of sound engineer friends just kind of saw me uh, firing this thing out of my pocket and uh, quickly like sending pink noise and you know checking things with a little speaker on it, and then they were like, "Oh, what, Dave? What is that? You know, like I, I, you know, like I really want one." Um, and then that's when I decided that I was gonna make a few just for you know just you know just to kind of give it to my friends at cost. Um, and then while I was working on the kind of like development side of things, I realized that developing products is a really like a really expensive. Um, procedure and or experience 
and that's when I, you know, realized that I wasn't just gonna make, uh, you know, like five of them. I was gonna have to aim to like fifty or a hundred, and that's when I had to find, you know, a name for it and a, you know, a brand and like all of that kind of carry on, as we say in, uh, in Scotland, uh, what well, they say in Scotland. Yeah, and then it just it just became an actual product. It got launched. They went very well, and then you know the the thing actually became a company and kind of trying to make more stuff that can help um, sound engineers, basically. Right on, and, and I mean, I gotta like I gotta give you credit there because I know I don't know if Sean knows this. I, I and some of our listeners know like I had a hardware company for a number of years, about ten years ago, making. Mostly like custom MIDI remotes and USB MIDI remotes for triggering QLab and that sort of thing, and some other related audio gadgets that were useful. And I went about doing it in every possible wrong way you could. Like every one I hand wired, there was no manufacturing, there was no scaling. So I couldn't get the cost to, to quite where they were reasonable that I sold enough that it became too much for one person to do, but not enough to like actually shop it out to anybody. And eventually pulled the plug because I was like curled up in a ball under my desk one day. Oh, no. That's like every so, small business ever. Yep. But that's, so, that's how small businesses go, right? Yeah, so like I'm the perfect case study and how not to do it, whereas David here is the case study in exactly how to do it. So like how did that, like how did you make that leap from manufacturing or to manufacturing and like these were connections you had or these were connections you, you found along the way out of necessity? Well, um, yeah, I, I would say like one of the the things I was most fortunate um, for is the fact that so my my dad has an electronics factory, and they have a really small kind of R and D team, maybe like like six people, um, and one of the electronics engineers uh, had some kind of he had some uh, sorry he had some knowledge and experience in audio. I think he used to work in a, I don't know some kind of uh, mixing desks company. I can't remember which one, but, uh, you know, I was just kind of quite fortunate to be able to speak the same language. Um, so, like, you know, like the the, 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 the the whole thing kind of became, well, uh, started in a very uh, kind of like an empirical way. Uh, you know, there wasn't really very kind of official specs and stuff like that. Uh, so, um yeah, you know, we, we just kind of started with it and then kind of got more more complex as as we went along. Dude, how cool to have that resource at your toolbox, man! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What a what a blessing, dude, yes. to be able to like, hey, uh, I got this cool idea, Dad. Can your team help me sort this out? Like, that's sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, I mean, did that help? Like, did you have insight in that side of things that could help? like guide you into like what you asked them to do or were you coming to that side kind of totally as an outsider and, and relying on them to to help guide the like manufacturing electronic side of it yeah sorry could, could, could you say that again yeah uh just like did you like having like grown up around that a bit like did you have much insight into the manufacturing side of it at all when you came in or did you come strictly from the i have this idea side and like rely on on those folks to help yeah, I mean, yeah. I suppose. Uh, yeah, okay, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of had an, an all-round kind of knowledge of, like, you know, sort of like a handyman. You know, I, I, I kind of I knew what uh, you know, like an, an assembly line sort of like meant, and um, and I kind of had a little bit of basis of uh, electronics, and um, um, but yeah, like that was about it. Just kind of like the. Uh, I was the sort of like product manager in this, you know, uh, so I, kinda, I had a, a really good knowledge of where the, pro the product was going to be used. And I had, you know, just a little bit of knowledge of understanding what, uh, you know, condenser is and, you know, like, uh, you know, things like what is what is an LED and how, how to make it brighter and how to make it uh, dimmer, basically. You know, but I, I, didn't really, I didn't really know much else than that. So I, I heavily had to rely on the, the brain power of the, uh, the actual uh, and engineers so it looks like katie is a has a popped in to join us so uh welcome aboard katie uh, glad to have you sorry we had to start without you earlier oh no thank you um i didn't want to be late and i'm glad that you guys started rocking and rolling 
All, all good, all good. Uh, David, Katie, Katie, David. So uh, we want to drop you in uh, in the deep end, Katie. You got any questions or things you want to ask David about? Yeah. Um, so I was wondering, did you write the sound bullet manual? Uh, yeah. Well, pr- primarily me, but it's uh, yeah, it was a bit of a joint um, a joint effort. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was reading it the other day um, just to prep for this, and when I Man, it's sexy. It's a, it's a <laughs> fun manual to read because the level of detail you go into about why it works and how it works, I was very impressed with that. I find that a lot of manuals don't necessarily put the really technical information up front. Was that like a conscious choice or were you just like, hey, this is how it works, so we're going to write it down? Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that. I mean, I just kind of thought I would write a manual to myself because I'm, I'm a live sound engineer as well. So, it, you know, there's always this kind of from brands, there is this uh, presumption that, you know, like somebody who reads like won't have a clue, but, but actually, you know, like like people do. So, you know, because this product is for people that do have a clue, right? So it's just it's just to interface with, with, with those human beings, right? And... Um, I mean, like, you know, to, to, to be honest, I always wished actually my brand was doing like uh, synthesizers because then manuals there would be super sexy. You know, you could just go, <laughs> go into like, you know, a like crazy way of explaining stuff and just like write really crazy stuff. And, you know, oh, you, you, you I, know I can't imagine writing manuals for like modular synths. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you could just go full throttle on that, you know. Uh, but, you know, like, like maybe the sound bullet one day will get to there. But the, the, the whole point about the sound bullet is making people feel more confident. So, you know, you kind of don't want to joke too much. <laughs> totally, totally. I just, I really did enjoy the the level of, of detail about, about how it works. And, like, the, I was reading about just the blurb that caught my eye was about the phantom power tester and how it will give you a slow blinking LED, uh, phantom LED, if the fan if the DC voltage is present under 44 volts. And I was like, that is just, it's brilliant and it's a good tip to know. Like, I realized when I bought, when I buy a sound bullet, I definitely need to read the manual for it because it's got so much great information. But the, just the fact that it does that and you built it in to say, yes, if you see this, there is voltage on the line, but it's not what you're necessarily wanting. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And should, should we delve into the the phantom power topic because it's quite a hot topic? <laughs> uh, is it? Let's, I, let's do it. I have a question like about voltage. A bunch of listeners, a bunch of listeners, probably just went like, "What do you mean? It's phantom power." So lay it on us. I I got a question about voltage before we get into phantom power because I am definitely the one that does not understand and should have read the manual, but I can't read. So we'll leave it to Katie. <laughs> Will it check for voltage? Like if there's calm on the line too? Mm, uh, unfortunately, it won't. Um, th- th- just phantom is, power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like oh, m- microphoning uh, uh, phantom power, and the, like the reason for that is, um, so the uh, the DC voltage supplied for comms uh, a is very it very it varies a lot depending on the on the actual vendor. You know, Clearcom, sure, RTS, totally. and blah 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 blah. You know, there's there's something like. 18 different intercom vendors and they all have like a slightly different um, uh, current capability and voltages. So have, you know, like making it super small. They should just make it all the same. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so yeah, like making a, a super, you know, super small device that can uh, handle something like, I think it's like two to three amps. It's, you know, it's quite a lot to ask for like a small device. And um uh, whereas, like you know, uh, phantom power for DI boxes or uh, condenser mics is like fourteen milliamps, so that's like I don't know, it's like two hundred times smaller. So it's um, yeah, 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 totally. So, so will would connecting it to a wet com line cause damage, or it just won't read it properly? So it it, it will. Well, um, it depends on the actual voltage you you see, because like some some voltages would be like twenty four volts and. Um, or less or more, you know, like depending on on, yeah. on on the vendor. On the vendor, the problem there is since uh, so like the Asho phantom power detection there has like little protections to not fry up the you know internal circuitry of the sound bullet, and they are current dependent. So like the higher the current is, and you know the more likely it is that the the, the protections will fail. So I first handedly plugged the sound bullet in like comms, and you know you know like sometimes I wouldn't even get anything. 
and like not like no smoke came out but i definitely wouldn't recommend plugging the sample into um intercoms because that you know it. it is very likely to get some smoke out of it gotcha well, if there's no smoke coming oh, out, sorry. I'm not using it. That's, that's, it. that's always I'm been my, my motto is that <laughs> any machine is a smoke machine if you operate it wrong enough. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. And you can only I'm let in. the smoke I'm out in. once. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, like an, 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 another really good point about that is that so I so when, when I was kind of putting in the, you know, kind of specifications and like requirements for the for the sample and when I kind of, you know, had this need of like making it. I, I didn't know that uh, I, I wasn't aware of the existence of the Q-Box, right? Then when the product launched, uh, I, I started to see this word, like Q-Box, Q-Box, and I was like, okay, what's this? And then I, you know, like I went to see it, and it's, it was actually yeah. a kind of similar thing. And th- that was actually quite good for the Sambulet because everybody really, um, kind of referred to the Sambulet as a mini Q-Box, yeah. which is kind of like good and bad. Uh, at yeah, the, at, was, yeah, like at the, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that that, that kind of like uh, implied a lot of confusion, like uh, among uh, among um, um, users, because uh, you know, like the the Qbox does this um, intercom uh, voltages, but the Sunbullet doesn't. So there's been a lot of people kind of, oh, can I plug this into intercom? And, I'm, and then I would reply, no, sorry, you know, like I didn't. I, I mean, I pretty much built the the feature list of the Sunbullet of what I would normally be challenged with when I'm doing live shows and intercom wasn't one of those things. So it's just just not there. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, it is like a a quarter or a third of the size of a Q box. So a lot easier to carry around. So it's a trade off. I know I, I will readily make, and that was, that was going to be my next question was if, if you knew of the Q box or not. So uh, you kind of, I mean, make him, making our job easy because you almost interviewed yourself there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I, you know, one of the things I see happen a lot with um, when the subject of the sound bullet comes up with folks who don't have it is they're like, oh, but it's so expensive. Like, I can just get a cue box. And I think the thing with the cue box is people forget what it actually costs and think about what they think it should have cost because it's plastic. And it actually costs significantly more than the sound bullet does at this point. What does it? Um, with, I didn't know about that. Yeah. So- I've noticed that the general consensus around the the forums that we hang out on is that like get you both, man. Like just do both because they do different things. And sometimes you need a cue box, and sometimes you need a sound bullet. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. So I've, I've uh, like some some of my kind of sound engineer friends like show me like the the, the like the cue box, and I think it's kind of like a different tool, and it's got like a lot, a lot of really cool features. Some of you know. One, of course, is the um, intercom testing, and the other one is that the speakers are like, considerably louder. So one application I would totally use it for is when, you know, when power hasn't, you know, like the generator hasn't turned up at the festival site, and I could just use that as a shout speaker, you know, um, which is quite relevant to, you know, to, to be able to talk to the, you know, the front house tent. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's just it's just like a, a different a different kind of tester. It's, it's got similarities, but it's not very, it's not really the same. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, the big selling point for me on the sound bullet always is is a that it's tiny and I can slip it in my pocket or clip it to my belt, and not needing uh, cables to to use it to test to go down a snake box. And in fact, that's one of the like one of the things I've been really impressed with. You know, watching all the line is the evolution that you know you've you've made a bunch of modifications to to the sound bullet over its lifespan. Oh yeah. Uh, one of which was the modification to the XLR connector that I know you and I talked about like early on when you when you were here visiting New York. Totally. Um, and do you want to talk about that a little bit? And both I know I know USB C has been kind of the big one that people have caught on to because everybody's like big on that. I want everything on the same connector uh, course, but the XLR thing is kind of a sleeper that I don't think a lot of people have caught on. So why don't you tell us a little bit about? I mean about both of those, but particularly that one. Yeah, pretty much. So, like the the general gist of the like non latching XLR is the fact that um, you don't really need the you know the testing audio testing device to be latching on you know uh, snake boxes on on a stage, um, especially if you're testing like multiple lines, which is quite common. You know, if you're doing forty eight lines or ninety six. So what we did was to remove the little groove inside the XLR cylinder on 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 the output. Um, and that groove 
was responsible for like latching onto the Asho um, stage boxes. Uh, so basically, if you're going from like one channel to the other one, like you you know you can do away with uh, pressing the little push button, which is quite cool. Um, and then the the USB C, like you know, to, to be like to be honest, the whole mi- USB micro and USB C, like the USB micro was pretty much like a, a you know like a design mistake. Um, you know, like in my in my opinion, um, uh, changing it to USB C was something that had to occur at some point. It just, we were we were just pushing it for launch, and uh, you know, like that's the connector that we had. Then when a lot of um, a lot of people came in to ask about this uh, USB C, and you know, I kind of I, I totally agree with like uh, everybody that was that was proposing that. It just was quite a, a complex uh, uh, manufacturing kind of issue to 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 you know like to fix um, because it's not it's not just a matter of like swapping like the connector, but is you know like you would actually need to redesign the whole PCB onto which that connector was uh, soldered on, and also you know there will be a little hatch where you know the actual con- you know the, the 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 other you know the charger connector comes through, and that had to be like modified and. You know, like the switch beside, you know, the on-off switch beside it was like right stuck to the USB micro, so that had to be adjusted, and and consequently also the, you know, the little hatch on the chassis. So you know, that, that, there's, there's there's quite a lot of things that people don't really think about, and I I didn't and and even I didn't think about it, um. So like that's why it kind of took a little while to um implement it, um. And, gotcha. And you know, th- th- this is this is the whole thing. Like, so I I just love to like. Well, for start, like make you know make, make things that are like uh, innovative or innovative depends on on, <laughs> on how people say it. Um, and also, I love to listen to what people have to say about stuff. Like the the best emails I can ever get on my inbox are people that are suggesting, oh, you know, what about if your product this this and the other thing? You know, that just I just I just love those things like so much. But but you know like the problem you have with that is that if you do listen to you know what, what people are asking you know because because obviously like you you agree that that feature that thing is you know is quite useful when you implement those um, you know like what about the others you know uh, and that question yeah. isn't really easy to to answer because creating um, what do you call it like a, a, a backwards compatible you know like whatever that, yeah. that, you know like that that, that that term is called it's really challenging and you know like it's almost as hard to make the you know like the um modification you made and i think we were quite fortunate that we were able to actually do that you know like like, like most company wouldn't really kind of bother about that they would just kind of carry on and make it better and better and then you know who purchased it earlier than you know you know tough but you know, we, yeah, we just I mean, we were it, just really sensible about that, and we wanted to make sure that everybody was happy about it, and we just went a really long way to make sure that everybody could upgrade. Yeah, that that's been really cool, and I know I I haven't done it yet, although I know we've emailed about uh, pricing it out so to do that upgrade kit. But yeah, the fact that like if you've got an an original sound bullet and want to swap it to USB C and the other stuff that comes with that, it's it's a relatively I I. I it's inexpensive enough that the the shipping is actually for most of us what what costs the most on that yeah. um and like that's really cool and i mean what else cuz i know there's a couple other things that come along with the usb c charging on that right it's not just the just the recharge circuit that changes out yeah i mean there's just like a, a small kind of improvement on the continuity testing you know on xlr cables so basically instead of having to press the button to cycle through the pins it just kind of does it in a in an automatic fashion but then you know you can also stop it if you want to kind of take control over what pin you're testing that's that that's that's about it you know there wasn't really much else going on yeah but but still it's like that's that's certainly a a handy bonus and not like i mean i i was caught off guard when i realized that 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 would come along with getting the USB-C as a nice little little extra bonus to make it worth the effort of swapping it out um so that's that's super cool um so you you're talking um you mentioned that you are a live sound engineer um how much of your time do you spend doing that and how much of your time do you spend on product development and support <laughs> well my, so i can tell you what my goal is <laughs> which is like a 50 50 um mm. at the moment i'm i'm probably about 70, 80% doing the kind of product development and kind of company manage, management, you know, which is quite funny. You know, I, kind of, I never really wanted to be an entrepreneur, to be honest. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just wanted to be a crazy mentor, that's all. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, so I'm kind of uh, like the, the the whole reason I pushed on the uh, uh, accelerator for Sonect was because COVID came in. So that was kind of quite a fortunate thing for me um, because I couldn't really do gigs anymore because, you know, there, there wasn't much opportunity for that. So in those like two, three years or however long it lasted, I, I forgot about yeah. the COVID <laughs> thing. For, um, yeah. yeah, I just I just I just got head down on it, and um, and now I'm kind of gradually um, getting out to do more gigs, and I love doing gigs like so much. Uh, you know, like especially if that's not all I do. You know, um, so if there's any PA companies out there, I can give you my uh, CV. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I own a PA company. You can come work for me, bro. Yeah, is it, is it, the commute to Seattle's a little rough, but the yeah. coffee's all right. Yeah, is the coffee good there? Totally. We do have a pretty. That's active... all right. My wife and I are going to Italy next year. We'll come hang out with you. We do have a, a fairly active European community, um, and in our um, online group uh, on it's our brilliant. Discord server. So. Yeah, no, you know, we, we should get you in them. there and, and hang out. <laughs> Not that you need something else to take up a bunch of your time, but, but you should drop in some time and say hey to folks. Um, so I just, just because uh, as the manufacturing nerd, it, it interests me, is that the the XLR plug without the latching thing, is that, a, is that a modification you're doing in-house or you got Nitric to do that for you? Or was that a part they had that you just, realized existed and could order or how did, how did that come about? Yeah. So that, that, that modification took about two years, I think, or like maybe <laughs> just, you know, just a bit less than that, but it's something that we've asked uh, Nautric to do, uh, you know, and they've, they've been really good at like uh, uh, accommodating that because it's, uh, I don't know, I'm guessing they've got all different sorts of requests, you know, like the people, you know, ask them and, you know, like the way that they can ensure that they don't lose money is to just, uh, you know, do it to whoever is going to order like the biggest quantity. So like one one of the main kind of, you know, the highest, you know, well, the, the, like the biggest um, o- obstacle there was the, like the actual order quantity. There was like a minimum order quantity on it that, you know, um, you know, that we had to uh, stick to. Um, and yeah, so so it's, it's, it's basically, you know, I, I think they do it in an automated way. They've got a little uh, CNC, uh, don't know, yeah. like a kind of, what would you call it? Like a uh, thing, right? Mail. You know, that comes in. Yeah, yeah, like a mail that comes in and, and, and cuts on, on that groove. And all they had to do is to just like uh, not do that step of the manufacturing. Yeah, pull, pull it off the line one step early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, but now that I'm kind of all head into the manufacturing world, I can see why that's, that's a challenge. You know, because like in, in, in a, you know, in a, you know, an innocent mind would think, oh yeah, you just need to like, to, you know, to like not do something, you know, you, you don't really need to add anything. Yeah. But what about quality control? What about, uh, you know, yeah. ma- managing the actual, I don't know, the stock and all that kind of stuff, you know, this, that's actually quite complicated to, um, to change those kind of things. So yeah, yeah it, it well, was that, a no-trick thing. Uh, yeah. Cool. It's one more skew to keep track of and yeah. yeah well, and that, like, that's just, the big does, thing that I'm sure way more you were talking about getting like feature requests from folks and and I mean, folks know I worked for a number of years on the software side uh, as tech support, so I fielded similar things. And that's how often somebody writes in, like, this will be an easy change for you to make. So, like, I don't know why you haven't done it already. And and folks generally have no idea what is actually involved in what seems like an easy feature add. Yeah, yeah. And that, yes, it, 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 like, usually uh, and, you know, like an, an, an engineer would answer to that, like, oh, it's sharp. Uh, but because but because I'm uh, I'm more of a kind of product manager of some kind, or uh, I'm you know the you know the person that's actually going to be using the product, I understand like both sides. I can I can understand why people would say it's going to be easy for you, and I can also understand why engineers would be no, it's not easy for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 finding that balance, and yeah, going go going like through the looking glass there of like becoming or being a user and becoming like part of the manufacturing side can be really enlightening. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, uh, so I I know Andy. Uh, I th- uh, did, did you have something, Sean? Andy, I think you're about to be dethroned as my most expensive friend. Score. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's my unofficial. Now I gotta have a sound bullet. On signal noise is everybody's most expensive friend. Because I'm always the one that brings in the new toys, and I'm like, oh, it's only like three hundred bucks. You should get it. Now I got this pile of new toys from Andy, that Andy said I had to have, and I'm like, well, all right, well, if it's gonna make me a better engineer, I, I, none I of them have made me a better engineer. 
<laughs> it's just going to make you look more prepared. <laughs> um, Thank God. So, so David, I, I don't know if you want to answer this one or not, but I'm going to throw it out. You had uh, earlier when we were talking about the path that led you to the sound bullet, you mentioned that there was one particular uh, sort of uh, nightmare day that led you to realizing this was a need. Uh, not going to ask specifics of what the gig is, but uh, are are you willing to share like what exactly yeah, went wrong? And yeah, yeah, I, I can I can you? open up. I've I've gone through uh, therapy for that. Don't, don't worry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't know. It, it wasn't it wasn't that traumatic, but it was kind of like that kind of event that pushed me to to you know to do it. But yeah, I was just so I was I was working on a it was like a, a jazz festival in a theater. Um, you know, I can. I think there were something like three bands, and in between bands, there was like you know the fire curtain that would come um, up and down, and I was the only person on stage. I was doing monitors and patch and cabling up and everything. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if it was maybe like a low budget gig. I don't know. Um, but basically, uh, the last band was about to come on, and we had line checked everything except a trumpet uh, effects pedalboard you know but we couldn't we couldn't check it because the actual effects pedalboard was on the other side of the fire curtain in the theater so that that you know so that you know you know we just kind of went with that thing that we always do right you know the, yeah you know like, it'll, it'll be all right <laughs> and then obviously like you know like the the you know the show begins the curtains goes up and obviously the trumpet is not working and this guy uh, playing trumpet had a really long chain of pedals and it was you know this the pitch shifter and all crazy stuff and it came out onto a di box and the di box went into a you know signal distribution system and it went to a patch box and all that so i just didn't have something that i could plug in in there somewhere to to be able to check each link of the you know of the chain you know i just kind of scrambled it you know i just kind of went Okay, so play, you know, like play, uh, play the saxophone, and then okay, so I'm, I'm just like touching the mic, but you know, there, there's there, there's like nobody on 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 the board that can kind of uh, tell me if they're seeing signal, and you know, so I had to sort of like run back and forth, and this is with a completely silent st- um, audience, you know, like you know, like the actual theater curtains went up, and there was a dark silent audience and it was just me like looking at like um, uh, an idiot basically oh, no. <laughs> that's brutal dude yeah that's and you know and, 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 you know like it, it totally was my fault you know like you know like i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna um you know i'm not, I'm not gonna uh, complain about the the fire curtain you know i should have had a way to check it you know um yeah and then that, that was kind of like if only i had something that i could have uh you know used to generate pink noise or whatever signal and just fire it in each parts you know um then i would have uh yeah i would have had a, a better uh gig right on like we're all there with you we're all like as as that story's going we all could we all could tell where that's going and we've all been there or had we're that all nodding there. along yeah. yeah i think the difference is that you went out and invented the sound bullet yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just went and cried under my desk. You went out and invented something. Yeah. Like, good job, buddy. Well done. Thanks. Uh, cool. So, like, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess get getting off of the the hardware tack for a minute and back to like the the gigging. Um, so, like, you jazz festivals. Like, looking down the list, you sent us like, yeah, everything from like the the Commonwealth Games uh, to the World Pipe Band Championship. Oh like, no. that is an eclectic list of gigs. <laughs> like, uh, and any particular highlights there? I had to go through therapy for the for the piping championship as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say. Like, <laughs> well, I, I, I hear Danny Boy. Well. I, I don't like yeah. backpipes. I'm really sorry for people that, that are really passionate about it. I just I just don't like the things. <laughs> I'm gonna say, and that that's how that's how you know that David is not a a true Scots. <laughs> right there. Well, uh, well, to tell you the truth, like, not, not. Uh, I don't think many Scottish people actually like uh, uh, their backpipes. Um, I'm just gonna say that. I, I was, I was gonna, a- I was gonna ask that. Is that one of those things they just get drunk and they're like, you know what? We're gonna mess with all with everybody else, and we're gonna convince them that we love to listen to this obnoxious thing, <laughs> and it's gonna be hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get controversial. Everything's on it, okay it's, with yeah. enough whiskey. <laughs> 
Um, I, I mean, I mean, then we pivot into Haggis, but <laughs> oh yeah, the, the the weird animal, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not an animal, but a disclaimer. So yeah, you you uh, you, you missed it at the at the start, Katie. We were talking about how how uh, surprising it is, given given how he sounds. That that David has only been in Scotland for a little over a decade and is actually Italian by birth and raising. I do love. Uh, because we get to meet so many people internationally, you know, doing this job, uh, I love listening to accents and trying to pin them down and, and, and listening to David. I was like, maybe he's Italian, but he learned to speak English from a Scot. That's, that's a Scottish pretty, person. pretty much correct. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> that's, I've had some, I mean, the, the weirdest combo of accents I ever saw. I went on vacation to Iceland years ago, and in Reykjavik downtown, there's a visitor center. And we're talking to a guy who is like in full on flannel, like sounds like Midwestern US, is like giving us directions on what to do. And finally, I'm like, so like, you're from the US? Like, how long you've been here? He's like, no, I was born three blocks from here. I just, I learned English young watching Fargo because it was my favorite movie, and I would just watch it on. <laughs> Oh no! I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. That's and he ended up with going. a little midwestern accent, eh? That's cool. Oh yeah, it was, <laughs> but like full on with like with the lumberjack flannel and everything. It was like I'm a little. I'm hoping this stopped at a certain point along the scale to Fargo. <laughs> but, you were trying to decide if it was midwestern or just '90s grunge, right? So, um, David, I have a I have a question for you. Um, about your live sound work, which is, um, are you a freelancer? Have you worked for companies? Do you own your own company? I mean, you already have Synect, so like owning a PA seems like it would be yeah, something yeah, in your wheelhouse. Yeah, definitely don't own PA boxes, no. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, um, I don't I, um, either. Yeah, so I'm, I've, I've been a freelancer since uh, I don't know since I started this, uh, and yeah, I just kind of freelance for various companies. You know, so mostly in Scotland and sometimes in England. Um, and that's about it. I will tell you, owning PA is a hard way to make a living. Just in case anybody was was worried about that. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't do it. If you've got the option to freelance, don't own a bunch of PA. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'll keep doing that. I'll keep not yeah, owning it, PA. <laughs> it is nice to be able to close the truck up and wave goodbye and then go home. Oh, yeah. look, not my problem. A hundred percent. Totally. Oh, all that stuff that got broken in the rain. Don't worry about it. See you. Bye. See you next show. <laughs> right. Uh, Thanks, so guys. In, in, in David, um, I know it, it's kind of the, the question we always play of like how folks got into live sound. I know a lot of us come from a music background. Katie and I come from primarily a theater background. Uh, uh, what about you? Yeah, um, yeah, I suppose I'm uh, kind of multi-instrumentalist. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. It just sounds so pompous, right? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can play many instruments. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just I've always liked music and uh, I used to play drums and then I got into guitar and then bass is just like guitar, but it's a bit thicker. And uh, and then I got uh, into playing synthesizers as well um, and keys and stuff like that. So, um, and this is kind of why I like doing monitors. Um, I mean, I, I love doing front of the house, but m monitors kind of lets me kind of um, empathize with, you know, with the actual like m musicians because I've, cause I've, you know, because I've been there and I, I, I understand why somebody would struggle, uh, you know, in between a set because that they can hear something. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, a little bit of a tangent I want to take us on just because I know we have a, a a couple, a few of us here who do monitors. Uh, we were having a debate last week on on approach to monitor mixes and uh, and whether uh, do, you, do you go around and ask everybody for what they want in a monitor mix first or do you have folks play and then tell you what they're missing? Like, um, and even maybe not just for David, like do we want uh, want to go around? Because I feel like this is something that would be useful to to listeners as kind of a bonus thing here. Like, w what is everybody's approach to to getting modern remixes dialed in quick? Yeah, I mean, I think the the answer to that kind of um, drastically varies depending on the on the actual type of event. So, like for example, if you know if I'm doing monitors for for a festival, which I did uh, the summer. It's more of a kind of like like gorilla mix, right? You know, you just kind of feed everything to everybody, just like make sure and just kind of like you know, um, um, trying to see if they give you a nod and you know, like sometimes I just go, no, I just can you, can can you, can you just like remove that bass 
um, drum in my ears or whatever. Um, sometimes it'll just come around and you know can tell you like, uh, right away. Whereas if I was doing something like um, you know touring, then I'll get really really like into details and kind of try and get the perfect reverb and uh, you know because. Because you know they, they they you know they're paying for a guy or a person some person to do that uh, because they want you know they want to have a really good show you know it's not just about hearing everybody it's about having a great show so yeah it just sort of like depends um, so yeah I, I don't really have one way of doing it uh, and I'm definitely not in you know I don't I don't do any kind of exotic stuff like waves or anything just kind of trying to yeah. get the the basics first and then uh, you know like like uh, moving to, to more kind of fancy stuff right on yeah you know it's it's it's, it's always confused me because i had always grown up expecting that the sound of waves crashing was a really relaxing sound and now we're at a point <laughs> in our career where the sound of waves crashing is anything yeah. but let's put it that way oh my god totally oh it's like i gotta, I gotta hit my dad joke quota for the episode you know i yeah 100 say that my approach to monitors varies like that too if i can especially if i have um a bunch of bands back to back you know you 15 minute, 30 minute changeovers. Um, something I like to do is obviously I want to line check while I'm doing that. I, I, I've already asked the band, Hey, what do you want in your monitor? And I guess, and I let them play and then they'll turn around and they go, Hey, can I get more vocal over here? Um, yeah. But just kind of that baseline, Hey, what do you want in your monitor? Kind of like I'm taking an order um, like I'm a waitress. What do you want? What do you want? And like writing it down and then going back and going, okay, well, he wants, you know, kick drum and they said a little bit of this all around. And so while I'm line checking, I'm just like throwing things in there and then they can, you know, give me a, like, then they can look at me like I've uh, offended their ears after they start playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do you know what I actually thought there, right? The, one of the main things I would focus on when I'm doing monitors in any, you know, in any, any context is making sure that the artist or the artists know that they care about it, you know, because it, because there's this kind of like widely unspoken, I don't know, knowledge that like sound engineers are are grumpy and you know you know that they kind of want to do as little as possible and just kind of just you know just finish the shift, you know, kind of thing. Um, so so totally. I just kind of want to break that that sort of like status quo and just make sure that they know that I care about them uh, and just kind of be nice and you're hired fr- and friendly, you know. Yeah, yeah no, nothing a, drives me more nuts than when a band gets off stage and goes, I couldn't hear myself. I'm like, I was standing right there the whole time, like trying yeah. to make eye contact with you. Literally, uh, why if I'm you here. guys need anything, like all you had to do was like look slightly to the left and I would have done it. Um, yeah. But yeah, but, yeah. but you're right. Bands don't know that or, or especially if they're, you know, newer bands or like not seasoned yeah, professionals. That, they that, they feel like they can't ask for things mid show. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that translates past like concerts too to theater like i i don't do a lot of theater design recently but i was designing a musical a few weeks back and uh like a um a bunch of the guys like doing one of the bigger musical numbers were just getting really really frustrated and the best thing i could do is the designer was like hang on i'm gonna come up on stage with you i'm gonna listen with you and we're gonna figure out what you need and actually what was funny was by the time i got up there and they did the number again they were like Oh, did you already change stuff? I was like, well, yeah, I made a couple adjustments because I kind of sensed what you needed. And they're like, oh yeah, no, that that was it. But like, like literally, like I had a cast member give me a hug and for coming up on stage, like just for showing them that I care. And it's like, yeah, it's like I'm I'm here on the team to help you. I love yeah. having my iPad for monitor mixing. It was, you know, mm-hmm. I they didn't have those when I started. Um, <laughs> but, I, I, uh, I didn't have one because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> Right, but but right. do you know what? This kind of fi- funnily kind of uh, ties into the the whole kind of brand and kind of managing a company. Like the same presumption that uh, you know the artists have, the sound engineers don't care. It's the same about um, uh, you know a customer that a brand doesn't care about them. And and this I, I would you know I would argue that this is like something that I have experienced like uh, first standardly when I've ordered like different types of pro audio stuff. And with, with Sonect is my kind of chance of <laughs> breaking that uh, status quo. You know, f- for example, if, if anybody ever has an, an issue with, you know, with their sample, you know, we, we used to have issues with the, with the um, paint coating on, you know, on the surface of the chassis. 
And uh, but you know, whenever somebody would like reach out and you know can spend those like ten minutes to write an email to us and just kind of see if they can if they could get it, get it fixed, I, I would I just would I just really took an extra effort to make sure that we were really happy that they that they reached out and they were and we are more than happy to kind of fix that for them by just sending you know, like a, 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 a brand new unit, um, and that's just a really you know something that people really appreciate. Considering what the standard is, in a way, you know, you know, I don't, I don't really want to talk about bad about other brands, you know, because I, because because I'm, I'm not here for that. But yeah. that's that's just like this kind of general perception. Yeah, and I mean, I think dude, you rock. Yeah, and some of that's the difference of like being a manufacturer who also uses it and built it to use like that. You you have an understanding there that that larger manufacturers almost by default just won't have because there's more levels of disconnect there. But yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to call that one out specifically because I know a lot of folks have commented ab- about how fantastic you know the support y'all provide is and stuff like that. And in fact, I we we should talk offline because I've started having the paint peeling on mine. So oh no, <laughs> we'll, we'll sort of go back. <laughs> Thank you like, for I telling me that. Day, which, yeah, but uh, um, <laughs> but it still it still works great. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and I mean so. I think we've kind of covered the sound bullet a lot. I know you've you've got something new coming out real soon now, but probably getting ready for pre-order around the time this episode comes out. Is that? Yeah, that 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 is that's really correct. So it's um, it's just something we've we've been working on for for like three years, um, because like this thing is like full of details and full of like um, announcements and uh, what what it is is kind of it's basically like a, a two-channel output. Sound interface, uh, but it's not an interface. It's it's, it's just a cable. So it, it's um, it's a cable that goes from a USB C to dual uh, transformer balanced um, XLR, and that just kind of allows somebody to just play music from you know from the laptop straight into you know like a line system, you know like a splitter box or straight into a desk, um, and that just does away with the necessity of uh, using the I boxes, which are clunky and kind of like, you know, I always kind of thought that's a bit of a silly thing to do, you know, to plug your, um, you know, one eighth inch jack into your laptop and put into this really big DI boxes and then another cup, another pair of XLRs to the, to, you know, to the mixing console. And um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's about it. So like, like, I don't know when this is going to come out. We're, we're, we're going to, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, uh, yeah, like I don't know if we're gonna keep it secret. Keeping it secret is fun, but it just at some point it just doesn't even make sense because we're not Apple. You know, we're just like a little tiny company of like yeah. four people. Um, but yeah, so this, this we're, we're really exciting about this, and um, we're doing a, a pre-order um, phase. Uh, you know, for for for, for people that, that want to make sure that they get their own, um, and then take it from there. That's awesome. And so you said it's it's built Andy. into the cable. There's no like box or anything. Yeah, yeah. It just it just it totally looks like a a really super slim cable. And you know, even like the wise plate is like super um, slim. And you know, so what you're saying much. is I need to wrap it in the the fluorescent gaff tape so I do not use it for anything else. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good thing to do. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I'm Andy, notorious now on a lot of my job sites for any, any of Andy's. <laughs> Any, any of Andy's gadgets have bright fluorescent green P-Touch with my name and, and phone number on them so everybody knows from across the room, that's Andy's, give it back to him when you're done. <laughs> oh, no, I was just afraid yep. of like using it to, to plug in the wrong thing. If there's a little... Yeah, well, well, it's USB-C on the one end, so, right? Yeah, that's correct. So it's got a DAC in, you know, embedded in the actual USB-C yeah. plug. Um, and, that, and, that, and perfect timing is Apple just dropped the iPhone 15 that finally goes USB C. So yeah, that, totally. Yeah, that worked out well. I was so happy when I've watched that uh, keynote. Yeah, and also went into you know like into the uh, Apple store like shaking, and I you know I brought this you know like a, a, little, a little prototype, <laughs> and I just uh, I was a little bit afraid that people would look at me. What's this? You know, and then I plugged my yeah. little cable in and. And, you know, kind of, it works. Oh, so you like straight up, you straight up walked into the the Apple store yeah. and just tested it right on the floor. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. I'm, I'm not going to buy it. Just did a touchdown dance. <laughs> yeah. What are you saying, Sean? 
I said, then when it worked at the Apple store, you're doing a touchdown dance in the middle of the sales floor, and they're like, what is going on? You're like, I'm going to be rich. It's going to be great. I'm not sure about the rich part. Andy, you've officially been replaced. David's now my most expensive friend. I'm going to need like two dozen of those things, bro. So what, genius. do you know what date you're going to start doing the pre-orders? Yeah, well, so the, yeah, we I, 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 I don't really know. This is we're we're looking at uh, doing it in I think like end of October or beginning of uh, November. Although this cable, well, this this uh, product, which is called the Soundwire, by the way, um, went through so many like iterations, you know, because it's, it's it's actually quite challenging um, little thing, you know, especially to be able to cram so much like little like technology and you know on the USB C. So it's it's, it's quite complex kind of little thing. Yeah, well, and the transformers are a big thing because, like, when when you like described it to me before we started recording, and like, and showed it, showed me the prototype, like, it's like the yeah, I wasn't expecting transformers to be in there, which is a huge, huge thing, both to not have to worry about like hum and buzz, and also to not have to worry about frying this expensive test cable with phantom power, which yeah. I know I know folks who have fried the headphone jack on their laptops with phantom power more than a couple times. I have. A couple of times, yeah. <laughs> Let me say that's a that's a. There's a reason this is here. I learned the hard way. Yeah, and but I, I'm so excited. I want to be the first pre-order. I need a dozen. Oh, please. I'll send you a link. Um, I think yeah, like the please, the, the, please keep us updated uh, because our uh, community is definitely going to be hounding us. Hey, do you know when the the sound wires yeah, coming out? Do you know when the sound wires coming out? Yeah, I think I think one, one, one of the uh, like one of the funnest kind of success of this kind of development thing was to be able to put transformers within the Asho um, um, XLR housings, you know, because so there's there's really like not a lot of space in there, uh, and obviously if the transformers do small, then you know you would um, you know like you would struggle to 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 maintain like the audio quality that you want. So like the transformer had to be of a certain size. And it's literally like the biggest size that could fit in there. And we were so happy about being able to actually pull it off. Yeah, because that's because you get too small with the transformer and your low end starts to either go away or distort. Yeah, right? yeah pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, well, suppose we, we have control over the, 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 you know, the level output because the, you know, the, the little sound card is actually in, in the plug. Um, you, know, you know, so like the, you know, THD plus noise and all that carry on and you know like the the frequency response is like like perfect and you know it's like gotcha so so you're actually like tuning the output for the transformer it's going into yeah 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 oh that's fantastic yeah yeah let's see that's that's a level of detail that i that i feel like folks will gloss over but like that's that's astounding yeah like and, what, and one, one one little detail was like weeks of <laughs> development process you know I want the first dozen off the assembly line. That's so awesome. Dude. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah Sean's great like, job. Sean, That's killer. Every workbox in Sean's shop is take my money. <laughs> dude, every workbox is going to have one, and everybody that works for me is going to be required to carry one. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> Amazing. So, you were, you were talking about the like the assembly manufactured. What does that space look like for you? Like, do you have a warehouse? Do you have a? Is it are you doing this in the shed in the backyard? Um, and then, how much do you have? How much more room did you need to to add a product to what your to to your company? Yeah, so so like the the, the whole kind of Sonect uh, place is within my my dad's uh, warehouse in a way. So they had a you know like a room that you know they weren't using, and it was for some future developments of some kind. So we just built our office there and a little production lab. Um, yeah, so Perfect, that, yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. that, 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 that's where the sample gets made here in uh, Perugia in Italy. Um, and yeah, what, what what happens is that we just receive kind of sub assemblies, you know, the PCB, the chassis, the XLRs, the jack, and all of that kind of stuff. Put put it, you know, build it together, and then um, you know, test it and package it and send it to um, sound engineers. Um, there's actually a video that Dave Rat made. Where you I've know, seen it, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you know, we we, we go through the, the whole process. Uh, it's quite funny. It's quite fun and funny. Yeah, and we'll we'll we should put a link to that on the show notes when we post this up, so well, folks have. So seen I was it asking can... because I saw that video and I was like, that is a tiny room. How are they going to fit main like production for a whole other product in that in that space? Yeah, well, the sample is really small, right? <laughs> 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 so it doesn't actually take up that much room. <laughs> 
Uh, how many sound bullets do you manufacture? Like, do you do it in batches at a time or do you, are they um, manufactured to order or um, yeah, do you have like a... Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're, we're trying to do it to, you know, in, in a stock fashion, which means that you just kind of, you know, build them and have them in stock. And then when the orders come in, they get fulfilled uh, right away. But the, like, the demand is so high that, you know, we, we can't even uh, keep up with that. So I think we're, we're sure. in the realm of uh, 200 to 400 some bullets a month. Um, and I think that's that's that's, uh, that's what we're doing. In it. Dude, good for you. That's awesome. Thanks. Well. <laughs> I mean, I want one now. <laughs> Do you know after I one? read the manual? Now <laughs> <laughs> that you read the manual, the sexy manual. <laughs> Manuals can be really unsexy, dude. They can be tough to read. The fact that you think any manual is sexy says a lot about you, Katie. We we've, we've been questioning you for years, I'm a but freaking nerd. Now we know. I'm a nerd. That's that's we're, we're all. This is an industry full of nerds. <laughs> I oh. found my people. <laughs> Uh, Welcome to the club, dude. So, and and I, I assume like not like we're you're not resting on your laurels after the sound wire too. Like you're you've, you, I'm sure you've got like a long list of other ideas for yeah, for, yeah. Uh, new gadgets. <laughs> no, he's like, no, this was it. I thought I had yeah, topped out the sound bullet. The sound wire is a bonus. Everybody, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, uh, uh, funny enough, Andy's seen some of the new, you know, some of the new things that we're working on. Um, which is basically that sort of like a collection of every request that people have made about the sound bullet. So we're kind of working on on a, you know, like a new sort of device that you know it wouldn't really be the sound bullet version, whatever. As such, it's kind of like more of a kind of a new product that will allow people to test other things like intercom and timecode and um, fancy things like that. Um, but it's, Will it still be that tiny? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like it's got to be a, a, a vape size. That's the <laughs> that's the unique selling proposition. <laughs> uh, Andy, you're out. Uh, yeah. Dave's in. <laughs> Most expensive friend ever. But it's, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not upset about it. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're we're so like enthusiastic about it, but we're realizing how hard it is to make it. So it's taking longer and longer and longer. So we we've been working on it for like two years up until now. And it's probably not going to be released for like another couple of years, probably, just because the whole kind of operations management of a company is like really, really tough um, for every operation manager out, out there that can actually pull it off. Um, you know, yeah. hats off. Well, and, that, and that's a that's a fine line in manufacturing to try and balance of w- what is good enough to release, but not releasing something too soon. And you, you can kind of you can make drastic errors in either direction yeah. of either coming out with it before it's really ready and then and having it flop because it doesn't quite live up to expectations or you can fall down the the rabbit hole of of trying to make it too perfect and never actually releasing anything so yeah. like i i don't i like that approach to my own creative out to, output is to just i rewrite and re-edit and rewrite and re-edit and yeah. i don't that the world is, doesn't that need is, to see it. That is it. so dangerous. Like I'm, I'm, I'll definitely do it that way. And it's, <laughs> you know, because you like you like 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 you now guys are going, ah yes, it's so much full of so much detail and all that. But that's actually hair I lost. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It's like that's the gray patches coming in. You're like, oh man, I used to be young and handsome until I had to write this freaking manual. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you know what? I'm so grateful for. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's the, I don't know what what's the kind of term, but I've I've been surrounded by people that aren't so into details like 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 I am because without yeah. them, these creations would have never come out, right? Because you know, because I, I definitely want them to be perfect, you know, but like perfection doesn't exist. Um, and I was quite yeah. fortunate to be surrounded by these people that kind of just just get it out, you know. Uh, um, and you know, like if if it wasn't for them, yeah, it, it would have never been. But it's good to have a good balance, right? Where they're like, hey, man, you're in the weeds on stuff that most of the community won't need or won't worry about. Like everything is everything they're going to need is already in this. You don't have to go like down that rabbit hole any farther. And you're like, oh, good. You save you a bunch of time and money and yeah. trying to get it going. Totally, you know? totally dude. Yeah. That's um, killer, dude. I mean, when I write my. Well, just put me in line for like a dozen of the first of everything you you make and send them over and I'll send you. A check. So, um. When I, yeah, when I write my, my editor, like, well, like I'll send a draft and it'll be like, I want to rewrite half of it. And they're like, it's fine. It's 
nobody cares but you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and having that push to to put your product out into the world, whatever it is, is, um, yeah. When you're the creator, it's your baby and you want to hang on to it and never let it go. And you're always trying to improve it. And um, you definitely need that push from other supportive people around you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the thing would have never happened with the, you know, help of like friends as well. You know, just people that are just hanging around and just giving, you know, give me tips and stuff, you know. And I'm so grateful for everybody that helped me. Dude, that's awesome. I feel I feel that too. How cool. And what a cool thing you're making for the world, dude. That's got to be pretty sweet to like see your invention out in the world literally saving gigs. How rad, dude. Yeah. Thank you for kicking yeah, I mean, ass this, for this us. Is, this is the whole thing that yeah, this is the whole thing of it that kind of drives me, you know, I, I, you know, also like kind of my, my musician side of things, you know, like why, you know, like why do I play music? You know, why do I make rec- you know, why do I want to make records? I just want to make something that somebody else will enjoy you know like that's you know because because i'm definitely not making music uh money with music um but what what i what i you know what i get out of it is just the fact that i've made something that somebody finds value in you know and and it pretty much goes the same for the sound bullet just that the sound <laughs> where the sonic thing kind of has more of a you know you, you know you kind of need money to to you know to pay people and um i don't know just you know like pay rent and that kind of stuff and pay for a Speaking website management. There. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> every totally. month they want the money every month. Dude, those greedy <laughs> bastards with their mortgage every single month. So, so I gotta, I gotta ask, is, is there an origin story to where the name Synect came from? I do, do you know what? Synect is just, I don't know, it's just like a bunch of letter, letters put together. It's kind of like a, I don't know, like Sonic Connect, something mixed up together. Um, do you know what? This this is gonna be a secret. I didn't even like it too much, <laughs> but it, but it's there. And uh, you know, oh dude, totally. <laughs> Damn it! I uh, should have we named were, my company something totally. else. I should have named it. We, we were talking about it, hap- it. Happens to a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that with Sean's company name. If I'd have known it was gonna be a real ago. company, I'd have made the name so much shorter in my particular case. Because trying to type out that email address sucks. Yeah. What What about uh, nope, lost it. Lost my train of thought. Sorry, somebody else's turn. A train of thought has left the station. Uh, do you know what? I do love the word we- uh, sambulet. By the way, uh, that's I'm, I'm fond of that. You know, because uh, it's kind of yeah, that's because so- you don't work in airline security. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you keep the theme though, like sound, sound bullet, sound cable. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. What is this? It's a sound bullet. You need to come with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah right the tsa loves that <laughs> nope no no it's an audio tester that it is not a sound bullet at tsa yeah. audio tester or you know whatever yeah, yeah i mean every time i go through security my bag is full of so much random stuff you know that i just say do you know i'm a sound engineer and they go i what a sound engineer a sound engineer Okay, yeah, that that explains a really weird-looking reference mic you've got, and you know all of these yeah. mad cables and totally. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I I used to travel and you know kind of um, national flights with um, with like PCB boards, you know, kind of that that would totally look like something that was gonna go off, you know. And it said like you know the actual like sound bullet on it, and um, yeah, I, I managed to get away with it, but I was really scared about it to be honest. Mm. I bet that was an interesting trip through TSA, or or whatever the uh, security is. Yeah, yeah, whatever the nonsense is in the right. rest of the world. I think we're the um, ones. <clears throat> what what? Just out of curiosity, what made you go back to Italy from Scotland? Uh, well, just the, 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 just going home. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just uh, I've got a love hate thing with uh, Italy. To be honest, uh, I, I love the food uh, and some other stuff. I don't like, but I. Um, I went back because this is where Sonect was, you know, um, because it all started within my 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 dad's company. Um, so this is where I had to go to, you know, to do it. Um, yeah, totally. Are there any other questions that we've got for David before we let him go? Because it's like six a.m. here, and I'm ready for more coffee. <laughs> I'm curious though, David. Do you have any actual advice that you would give to anybody starting out, or advice you wish you had had when you started? Um, hmm. <laughs> good question. Uh, 
I, I would say like one 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 really important thing that I that I had myself and I would I would say that people should seek for is to find uh some sort of like some sort some some sort of um uh, mentor like you know somebody would take you under their their wing and um, you know kind of show you around uh, and also just um try and forget that thing of just you know like being cool you know just just ask questions you know and like you know you know even if there are stupid questions you can you can you can do that being cool thing you know once you you're you're starting to actually you know do more gigs and it's you know like a few years that you you know that you've been doing it just because it's the whole kind of freelancing industry in in any you know in in any industry is it's all about kind of you know uh, and, and you know I, I need to show that I'm kind of self confident and stuff like that and then sometimes people just you know talk nonsense you know um as a result of that you know yeah uh, you know what one of yeah like one one of uh, one of the biggest things for me was the whole kind of sc you know like uh, uh, system engineers um, engineering and it's when i started to do courses with like Marilyn van veen and you know like um other folk and just kind of go into this uh, pa company and the other one um it just opened up a new world to me uh where i should realize of how little i knew about it and also how much nonsense people were saying <laughs> about you know like speaker placement you know ah yeah just do it there because it's in phase you know or if you put it there or go out of phase you know like all, 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 all of that kind of stuff that people just say because they want to show everybody off that you know that you know that they know about it you know and then they're 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 the person to pay for the job um awesome dude well thank you so much for joining us and and sticking around and being patient through all of our computer glitching and staying up late <laughs> We appreciate no it. No problem. This is only half four in Italy, so it's, it's it's totally fine. Yeah, he's got. We we took the hit, so David didn't have to. <laughs> no problem. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's so. Uh, that's uh, uh, David Scortecha from uh, Sonac, the creator of the Sound Bullet. Uh, uh, thank you again for joining us on Signal to Noise here on the Pro Sound Web Podcast Network. Uh, I'm Andy Levis. I'm Katie Karch. I don't think Sean can hear us. We'd like to thank our sponsors, RCF, Allen & Heath, and Rational Acoustics. Talk to you next time, guys. Bye.